Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. So we've been talking about like we're going to have our 2019 recap episode and some other stuff. But when I looked at the list of games that each of us played last year and tried to find the games we both played, the only one we haven't already talked about on this podcast was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And the problem with us talking about a whole bunch of games that only one of us played, you get into the whole monologue thing. We just have to go back and forth having monologues. And, you know, that's that's not a very fun podcast. It's not very fun to have to talk, and it's not very fun to listen to. So, um, what do you say we just do Jedi Fallen Order? All right, let's just do Jedi Fallen Order. And what the problem is, we probably spend half of the year-end wrap-up podcast podcast it's a podcast 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 talking about jedi fallen order anyway because that's one of the ones that we all both played and one we haven't talked about at length yet even though we've been hinting at it in various podcasts some of which to this some of which have not been heard we've got like lost episodes that's true the lost episodes (laughs) this is like the culmination and if you're like the real indie like hipster and you've hacked my google drive and like (laughs) listen to the lost episodes or something like that uh but um no it's been like what since october since i beat it i think um, cause when did it come out? Like September? Yeah, I think it was a September release. So this is, this is jumping back a bit because there's a whole bunch of other things, but I will say Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order was kind of a negative way for me to end the year of new releases. Mm. Um, like, and I guess for me, like that, that's part of why also looking back at 2019, like there's a lot of stuff that was really good. But it ended on a real sour note for me. Like Control and, the, and, and Jedi Fallen Order were both games I was looking forward to. And then both of them disappointed me in different ways. So yeah. I guess, as spoilers, I was disappointed by Fallen Order. I, um, yeah, I, I, I was also mostly disappointed by Fallen Order. Like, it's again, it's, it's in that range of games that I would say, you know what, you should play this game. It will also disappoint you, but you should play it anyway <laughs> and be disappointed with me. You, you must share in my disappointment. We must all be disappointed together. There are enough positive elements to, to make you want to play it and to, to carry the game through, but then there's just too many negatives. Yeah, it feels like... And I think for me, what really makes it a bit frustrating is a lot of those negatives... Like, the, the, the games that it is imitating have already done what it's doing, so it should be able to say, okay, we know a good way to, to, to work around this. They should have been easily avoidable pitfalls. And instead it feels like, you know, you, you're coming in like a rookie. And we have, yeah. like, the, 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 the game director evidently worked on a bunch of the God of War games uh, I think like three, some of the PSP ones, or maybe it was like mm. two and three. I don't know. Like he he was working on the God of War games, basically, which should have um, given him some experience in and how to make a a proper com- action game, yeah. action combat game. And then you have like this is Respawn who did Titanfall 2's excellent campaign, um, but I guess it's a different team and stuff because it's right. There's not yeah. It's Unreal Engine, so it's not the same modified Source Engine that they developed their um, Apex Legends of Titanfall mm-hmm. games on, um, and it's there's okay. So so 
for the uninitiated, Jedi Fallen Order, um, like if you've just sort of heard about it and seen things about it but haven't actually played it or watched in-depth gameplay analysis, it's sort of like it's a cinematic uh, Star Wars Souls-like with a parkour-based traversal system. That's a whole lot of buzzwords. There it is a whole lot of buzzwords. It but is a th- it is a third person action game. It's a, right. It's a third person action, but it, um, which for most people, because I'm also thinking it's like this is Star Wars here, so you're gonna have people that aren't usually big into video games are now going to be gravitating towards this, which is funny because as as I've said before on a podcast, I'm the opposite. I'm I'm I've grown apathetic about Star Wars. But I like the look of some you were of this more. You were more interested. You see respawn. You see character action. action yeah, yeah, I see action game mechanics, and I'm like, oh, that looks interesting. To right. Me. Um, and where this is this is a point of contention between Chris and I, maybe a point of contention, or at least a point of apathy on Chris's end. So I've played through a lot of Star Wars action games. Sort of in the middle. Um, I never beat Jedi Knight or Dark Forces. Well, Dark Forces was a totally different animal. Um, but Jedi, the original Jedi Knight, uh, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy, um, Force Unleashed 1 and 2, where you didn't really like the Force Unleashed, is that? I never finished the first one, but it's, I never finished it because I wasn't enjoying it. Okay. And then here I am. I've beaten it both on what was that was on PS2, right? That was no Force Unleashed was, was Xbox 360 and PS3. Oh, was it was it PS3? There was a Vita. Was there a Vita? Would have been a Vita spinoff. I don't know. Now I'm trying to remember. I feel like I remember playing it on both PS3 and on Vita, but I might just be crazy. I I can't speak for any of that, that because I because there not were a game like I following up there were some like really like poorly done ports on Vita. Like, there was a Dante's... Was it just called Dante's Inferno? Yeah, it was just Dante's Inferno. Yeah, there was a Dante's Inferno port on the for the Vita. Or was that the PSP? Dude, don't ask me, okay? Man, now I'm losing my mind here, guys. Right, we're, so anyway. also, we're also mid-30s, so it's bound to happen. It's Alzheimer's. bound to happen, yeah. This is going to become the A. Alzheimer's podcast. So... Anyway, Jedi Fallen Order. So for me, aspects of it compare unfavorably to previous games where you play uh, as a as a Jedi, and I, I also think aspects of it compare unfavorably to other Souls-like games. Well, I, I do want to quickly interject, but also mention one of the people that listens to our podcast is I guess I'd call her a pen pal someone from Gamer with Jobs that she's not on Gamer with Jobs anymore but me and her like just have been exchanging emails for the past couple years and just regular conversation one of the things that she mentioned she's been playing Jedi Fallen Order and she has that she's got a similar like I've been wanting a good single player Star Wars game for a long time thing like, she has also mentioned things like Jedi Knight, like you mm-hmm. did, and uh, a few other games. So, for her, part of the excitement was of this was, can I finally get a good single-player Star Wars game? And I think, from what I recall, she was mostly satisfied in that regard. Yeah, and 
It's sort of like yes with caveats. And I understand that too because like the man, like the the I was about to say like the Mandarin, like the Mandalorian. This is one of those things that's like I was apathetic about Star Wars, but this made me like, oh yeah, this is why this property can actually be really cool. Um, and it's funny because there's a lot of people talking about how the game, like you don't feel like a super powered hero, awesome Jedi guy in this game. And part of that might depend on what difficulty you're playing on. Because I know in one of our, it might have been the lost episode, I don't know. But you mentioned you played on Jedi Knight, I played on Jedi Master. You basically played on the normal quote unquote difficulty, I played on the second hardest. Right. Um... And I started to wish I played on the normal difficulty, but not for the same reasons that from software games have annoyed me or irritated me. Hmm. Like I found the parry timing, uh, and maybe we should go over some of the basic mechanics. Like one of the big things they want you to do in this game is parry. They want you to time your sort of block to when that enemy is striking and attacking you. So you deflect it and you go in with your own kind of attack. Um, not every enemy you want to parry, or at least you want to immediately attack after parrying. Yeah. Uh, they start to vary it up as you go on, but it's like one of the biggest mechanics in there. It's how you deflect laser blasts right back at the stor stormtrooper. But the, the more difficult the, the higher the difficulty setting you choose, the greater the precision required. And for me, it felt just right at Jedi Master. It wasn't too forgiving, but it also was forgiving enough for a game that's largely running at 30 frames a second on a PS4. So, yeah. um, it... And because I'm not playing it as someone that's like, oh yeah, man, Star Wars, I get to play a Jedi. I'm just playing it like as an action game. I didn't mind a lot of that, but I will say I do feel the Force powers, which we'll get into a lot of that later. The Force powers were not nearly so well executed as they could have been. Like, if you are looking f to play a... Like... So, like, in the, in the Force Unleashed... For example, the Force Unleashed 2, which is the one I played more recently, the first level has you breaking out of Darth Vader's secret lab as a clone of See, his secret oh apprentice. Oh my god! Um, you just keep playing. Anyway, keep speaking, so, so and then hurts. you and then you tear through this Imperial base, and you're like picking up stormtroopers and basically bowling for stormtroopers by throwing one stormtrooper at another four storm at, a, at another round of stormtroopers. And you know, pulling things out of the, off the wall to slam into more stormtroopers. And at the end of the level, you fight an ATST. And at the end of the fight, you do a quick time event and crush it with the force. And so, like, so that's obviously a really big force Jedi power trip where you're just like, Everything is very destructible environments, and well, at least for the era, and very, very like just lots of different ways. Do I want to stab this guy with a lightsaber? Do I want to pick him up and throw him over the edge? Do I want to pick him up and throw him at his buddy, etc. You know, and, and that kind of thing. And so 
you come into something like like Jedi Outcast, and it's like the force powers are like, okay, by the time I'm halfway through the game, I can consistently push someone off a ledge. You know, two or three times, and then I'm out of force. And then right, then I'm out of force power. See that, and that's that's the biggest issue is the force energy, I think. And like we we you and I talked, it's like I found like eight of those healing stims, and you had like what three, four, three. You had three. I finished the game with three. Yeah. So I did a lot of exploration. I might have had more force essence like expanded than you did. Probably. And I still felt like I like. Like, it's like you, you, you don't want to use that much force energy because just about like all your great moves use so much of it. That next thing you know, like you'll use yeah. like, two or three attacks on just a fraction of the enemies around you and then you're back to basic moves and nothing but basic moves. So you kind of end up trying to play conservatively because you never know when you're going to need to rely on a force power and not have the ability for it. Um, but otherwise, it's like you could be slowing people down. You could be throwing them. My favorite was doing the force pull and then just stabbing someone with the lightsaber. Like that was like an instant kill most of the time. Some of the more powerful enemies, like they turn it into an attack. Like if you yeah. tried the force pull, they just launch and like attack. They right they use that for their to their. So it, it forces you to like be careful which enemies you use that on. But it's also just so super useful when you're fighting just mooks. And you can choose which move, like, oh, you're going to be annoying. You require two hits. Now you only won. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah, you just one one hit. Yeah. Like, but it's it's like you can't, you can't just, like, keep varying it up. And so, and I think some, yeah. And that's where I felt like, so initially, I think, like I said, my criticism was as a, as a Star Wars fan, as a fan of Jedi, the Jedi power trip genre. I didn't feel like I was getting my Jedi power trip. And then I sort of turned around and looked at it as as an action game and as a sort of Souls-like, Souls-like maybe. And, that, would, that would be a good term, yeah. And the something that struck me is that there really wasn't a ton of variety in your combat options. So if no. you're having trouble, so in, in for example, in Dark Souls, um, or whatever, you, if you're having trouble with the parry timing or something like that, you can switch to a weapon which has more forgiving parry timing, or you can switch from a two-handed weapon to one to a shield sword combo, or there's all kinds of different ways you can switch to a long-range build, a more long-range focused build in order to maximize that, or a more magic-focused build, and all these other things where you have all these different ways to figure out how your play style works in the game. And obviously there's some core mechanics you're gonna have to get sidestepping and dodging and blocking and parrying. You're gonna need to get to some degree, but there's a lot of room around those mechanics to move where I felt like Jedi Fallen Order there was there was basically just the one path is that you're going to need to learn to play the game how respawn wants you to play the game and there's not outside of like i said you know oh well i can like just push these guys off the edge yeah it, it, there wasn't a lot of of customization or personalization in the combat and i don't necessarily mind that myself though because i guess my my, my what I was kind of realizing as we were already talking about it here 
is it's not technically the same genre because again, as yeah, you said, this is Souls like, but when I when I when I compare it to other action games, and I'm thinking of like Devil May Cry. Devil May Cry has that style meter, and if you keep using the same moves over and over again, that style meter doesn't go up. So it's a game that is actively trying to tell you to keep switching your moves up, to keep exploring your abilities, use different combos, think about what your character is capable of, and try and get you to be as flashy and diverse in your moveset as possible. This game is the exact opposite of that. (laughs) Yes. Partially in that there's not much you can do. And then that, again, like it, it feels like it dissuades you. Like Their idea of variety, and I don't know if this counts as a spoiler at this point. I don't think it is. And some things, like, considering the TV spot has a major spoiler, who knows what counts as one yeah. for this game. Um, but the, the, the Darth Maul double-sided lightsaber or whatever. Like the, the right. two end, yeah, yeah, um, where it's more like a bow staff kind of a deal. That's supposed to be good for like groups of enemies, and it deal, but only deals like half the damage. And I found against animals, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either because Cal is doing a lot more flashy moves. But you still need to parry because there's going to be a lot of enemies that just... Because, like, a Souls-like, enemies flinch a lot less when they get hit in this game. And you flinch all the dang time. Yes. So, okay, so... I'm going to sound... I'm probably going to sound like I'm completely crazy here. But two of my... And I'm going to now say three. Three of my... My action game sort of reference points, especially for something like this, where I f- are the original Assassin's Creed. Everyone's gonna say I'm crazy because I think everyone hated the combat in that except for me. Uh, when I replayed it, I actually found a new, uh, I developed a new appreciation for it. I think it's I, a lot better than people give it credit for. Yeah, the, the, But you don't have to be good at it, that's the problem. Right, so but aspects of the original Assassin's Creed, um, Heavenly Sword, um, and, uh, um, uh, the um, Bloodborne? The other Ninja Theory game. Hellblade? Hellblade. So, yeah, I couldn't, Hellblade. Um, where I see this Ooh, idea. Is so good. I see this idea. So, so I just, I think about Hellblade's parry system and combat and other things. And one of the things that, that all three of those games have in common is that I think Jedi Fallen Order didn't do that I think would have been better is your default, your sort of default stance in combat should be a defensive one. And then the rest of the combat comes from your reactions from a defensive stance, which is kind of what what Jedi Fallen Order is trying to do. But I feel like those they, they should have gone back and played those other games to see how to do that. Um, Perhaps. Um, so, I, I think specifically of, like, it's been a while since I played the original Assassin's Creed, but so most mooks, you know, you're in a you're in a defensive position. Nobody can see my hand gestures here. <laughs> you're in a defensive position. They, they go in for attack. You get, like, a little bit of time slowdown. You parry, stab them. And then later you get to different things. Okay, well, this guy, I've got to dodge and then actually go into on the offensive mode instead of just relying yeah. on a parry 
And then this enemy, I've got to close the distance and get him and other things where I felt like there was... Maybe Batman would be a good comparison as well. Yeah, that's true. Because the... Batman's kind of an evolution of what Assassin's Creed was doing. Because I don't... Because yeah, I understand true. what you mean with Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed is a game that all you needed, quote unquote, was counter. But the more moves you got and learned how to do, you could not... like you basically be surrounded by like 10 guys, wipe three of them out in a single second, and then the others would run away. Right. That's what the combat was designed for, but nobody used it because they just countered. And therefore, you're in a never-ending fight because... Right, where there was... Waiting there was, and waiting yeah. and waiting. And no, the idea was to come out of the counter and chain combos out of the counter. And when you did it right, it felt so fluid and felt so right. But and then enemies ran away, and you had time to find a new hiding right, spot. Right, right, exactly. So. But so, and that's kind of where I, I look at. That's where I, I, the combat is obviously more souls based than it is looking to some of these more action focused games. Yeah. And it's similar because for me, my comparison now is going to be Darksiders Three, because Darksiders Three was mm. also you know you're going from. The first game was a more action-oriented Legend of Zelda. It took some Devil May Cry and God of War and put that in a Legend of Zelda setting. And then Devil May Cry, uh, sorry, Darksiders 2 was more loot-based, but it sped that combat up. So it was closer to Devil May Cry than God of War. Darksiders 3 slowed the character down a bit again, but it's still faster than Dark Souls. And the enemies are faster, they'll swarm you kind of a thing if you're not careful. And so for me, it's like, okay, here's the Souls-like game that I managed to enjoy and beat. Mm -hmm. um, and it was rough at first. I did not like it at first. Um, and then it turned into like one of my favorite games. Um, but now I'm thinking, okay, here's all the things that Darksiders 3 did, and this game doesn't do them as well. And I think part of it is... I've got to hang up. I, I just I look at games that have skill trees, and I have to ask: Is this necessary mm. for a game like this, especially where you're trying to do the whole Metroidish thing? It's it's a twofold because all the things that you're exploring and finding, the majority of the discoveries are nothing more than cosmetic. There are again, like there's the health stims to find. There's the health and force essences to find. And I feel like there was one more useful thing you could find that actually impacted. Well, some of the, the echoes you find just give you like experience. That's the thing. Most of the stuff you find is experience. Like right. every every chest well, you well, find gives you experience. Right, but I mean so like there's the the I feel like the the chests where you find cosmetics give you a small amount of experience. And then, like, the force, the echoes give you a larger amount of experience. And then you could find the specific upgrade, the force and health and stim upgrades, which I apparently found, like, one of in the <laughs> entire game. You know the area where you get the breathing apparatus on Kashi? Mm-hmm. There's an area where you start climbing up, but if you turn around, you can jump and there's one there. I uh, see. I'm, I did a lot of exploring on the Kashi was one of the places where I really like explored out most of the environments. Yeah. I, I, that might have been the, one of the ones I found. I'm not sure, but because um, that's one of the ones that like stands out in my mind. And that is like, 
I will say, there's a lot of moments of this game when it comes to exploring that do stand out. It so, is a yeah. well-crafted set of worlds. And it's like, why, why I like these kind of linear levels more is because it's like, oh, I remember that. I remember that. Whereas, let me compare uh, to an open world game I love and an open world game I don't like as much, but it's similar ideas. Breath of the Wild. Loads of shrines all over the world, but they're all very copy-paste in their assets. It's just a remixing of them to create a new puzzle. I might kind of remember some of the puzzles, but otherwise there's so little. Like, I remember finding certain shrines more than I remember the shrine itself. Mm -hmm. And the same is with Horizon Zero Dawn. It has these bunkers that all use the same assets and are basically like... These little areas in open world games are designed so, okay, we've already made one set of assets, now just assemble different kinds of activities so people yeah. can find them, it can pad out the game length, they can find something in there, um, they can feel like they discovered something. There's no recycled assets along those lines in Jedi Fallen Order. Everything feels like a unique location. I remember where it was, I remember what I did there. Um, and it's like, this is why I love the Metroidvanias, this is why I like what the original yeah. Resident Evil game was like. Jedi Fallen Order does do that well. And that's, yeah, I was gonna say, we, if we're pivoting to a positive point here, the exploration, the design of the worlds, um, and the sort of the puzzle, the puzzles of the world, putting the whole world together and finding the alternate paths, and then finding yourself doubling back on yourself and realizing, okay, so this is that door I came to earlier that I couldn't get through, and now that's a shortcut between here and there. And, and the all that kind of stuff was, was really like, the team that did the world design did a great job. Now, not every world is perfect. Kashyyyk is probably the biggest offender. Um, Zepho is the best one when it comes to the shortcuts. There's like a quick route to get to just nearly anywhere in that world. Yeah, Zepho was a little, or Kashyyyk was a little bit. Well, the biggest issue with Kashyyyk, like there was one chest I did not unlock, but it was in the middle of all of those mudslides and air flight and other stuff. And it's like, I am not repeating that linear sequence all over again. And you got to march all the way out there first. So that's one of those areas where it's like, mm, they, they, they could have done better. Um, and that's, again, like where it's weird because I think of how much they have those kind of environmental changes and stuff. And it's like, okay, there's two games you're reminding me of here. You're reminding me of Metroid Prime 3 Corruption and the original Tomb Raider reboot. Original Tomb Raider reboot. Let, yeah. That's where we are in games today. Um, but... Metroid Prime 3 created multiple landing pads for your ship because there were different multiple worlds in that game, but each world had at least one additional landing pad. So if you needed to go back and explore, then you could just land closer to wherever you needed to find stuff than elsewhere. So that's one thing that they could have done here and they didn't. Or, let's be honest, Tomb Raider 2013? Is that the, the reboot, 2013? Maybe. That game... Yeah, I think it was 2013. That game... 
had fast travel. So you could skip all of those linear slides and slogs and everything, just fast travel to a nearby location. And with the meditation areas here, fast travel was a completely plausible possibility. Yes, fast traveling between the meditation points would have been cool. So, it's, and that's what I mean. Like, this is where, again, like I talk about this game, like it's it, even where it does something really good, Here's how it could have been done better. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. It's interesting because it... And no way does this game lack polish. Uh, um, it depends on which, uh, which videos you look up. Because especially uh, Dathomir. Okay. Going through Dathomir, dude, I don't know about you, but I started to get a lot of weird bugs. I didn't really, yeah. Which I, is like... I didn't run into much. Getting I mean, hung up on geometry, <laughs> other crap. I maybe ran I lost into some weird. Sound. I lost maybe sound in the game for a while. Okay, maybe not. Maybe the game is not. But I didn't, in particular, run into anything. But it's sort of like I guess that's another another positive to in general is that most of the game is fine. Yeah, I will agree with that. But it, but where it's where it's polished, there are some. Some, you know, polished turds at various <laughs> at various points in the game. I guess is you know the with. I lost my train of thought because you made me think about glitches and bugs, and I'm like, did I run into any glitches? Were there problems on Dathomir? And now you're talking about polished turds, so. Yeah. So. <laughs> so we can just leave it leave it as it is. Um, <laughs> what, what else is there? the story? The, the story was. There were good parts of the story. I thought in the way that it all came together, it just sort of like, it was like- It a, started to pick up towards the end, I'll definitely say that. I guess, well, um, see, I but felt, I, I, I did. It felt to me, so it kind of felt to me like, like a, like a TV show in some ways, in that, like you got like, an ensemble cast. Well, yeah, not just the ensemble cast, but like yes, there's that. Where like there's, you know, you if you ever watch a show that's like a, um, or how would you say it? There's a unifying thread, a but it's not like not a serial. It's like one of the. I guess I, I think of it as, as modern, but it really goes back pretty far. Where each episode stands alone. But then there's a unifying thread, and then usually the last like three or four episodes of maybe two or three, it just like all of a sudden we're like, okay, we're going warp speed into the plot, where the rest of the series is sort of just sort of sprinkled overarching plot stuff into it. In a lot of ways, it feels like that, and then you get to um, you return to one of the planets, and then like all of a sudden the plot's like warp speed. Okay, we're adding a new member to the crew, and we're like doing this, and we're like boom, 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 you know, and then the game's over. You, you gotta, you... I kind of see what you mean. Um, I think part of that is also just called rising action. Well, no, and there, you there's always definitely accelerate towards the climax. And but... and there is, but I think what it feels like the game's taking its time it... for a good amount of. 
for yeah, the like it's sort of taking its time. Or and, or by time it speeds up. There's also a lot less exploration to do. It also it doesn't feel like like you get personal revelations about the character, but if, to a large degree, nothing about the status quo changes much until. You know, like there's no, not not that every game needs this, but there's no like Aerith's death or something like that. You or, can't bring that up anymore, man. It's gonna be a spoiler. <laughs> that's not even gonna be in the the remake oh, episode coming out this year. Spoilers. That's gonna be in like 2028. Spoilers for all of you Gen Zers out there. Xennials, <laughs> um, as they call it. No, Xennials are a ma- is know. a made up thing. For like, what year were you born? Uh, I don't even care, man. Uh, I, like, I know exactly. Zennials is like a made-up thing for like the early millennials who maybe like had dial-up internet when they were kids and didn't actually have broadband until they were adults. Sort of kind of thing. I'm 85, so I'm 10. So okay, so you you would be. I remember I think, when I was called Gen Y. That's what I remember. Okay, so you would so. be. You would kind of be like in that Zennial is like. People say from like 80, 84, 85, they're like the older millennials. That's not what I've heard. This is still no, Generation Z. Totally so you just called Generation Z Zennials. Generation Z is the generation after millennials. Zennials is the made up generation that's supposed to be the bridge between Generation X and Generation Y slash millennials. Dude, this is why I okay. You shouldn't have mentioned this at you shouldn't, all. You shouldn't have called. You shouldn't have called out Zenial. Anyway, Gen Zers, I'm sorry about the spoiler. Aerith dies. They don't care. They're not listening to podcasts. They're anyway. not listening to podcasts. No, that's all. They're listening to like I don't know whatever. That's all like boomers listening to podcasts. Whatever trash my niece listens to. Yeah, no. um, I got called boomer the other day. I told you about it, didn't I? Wait, seriously? Uh, was uh, it one of your? Uh, was no, your church I, I was kids? playing. I was playing Overwatch. Oh, well, then they, they, who cares about them? Who cares about them? Yeah. It was kind of funny, though. I'd like call out, like, Junkrat's flanking. Okay, boomer. <laughs> so back to back to Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, what, back, what, back to. Where did we get. Uh, oh, it was. But the, do, you, do you get what I'm saying? So, like, you have the. Like, you have the introductory mission, which is very cool and cinematic, and there's all these different revelations. Cal's a Jedi! And, duh. Um, but like, and you know, all these other things happen, people die, and you get introduced to this new cast of characters, and that's basically where the character stays until you like, for 90% of the game. And then you hit the last 10% of the game, and you get a lot of, there's some development, Seer, it yes. depends. It depends on how you approach the game, I think, because on a first play, especially, you're going to be spending a lot more time. Especially, I did. I, I spent a lot of time exploring. Like when I was done my first trip to Zepho, I think I went back to Bogano, and then I went to Dathomir for a little bit, and then I went finally to Kashyyyk. So I jumped around exploring a lot. Yeah. Um, so I went to. So I went to Dathomir. Second, like so, you're the first planet you're locked into. So before I went to Zepho, yeah. you I went to Bagano, then I went to Dathomir, and Oof. I explored around on Dathomir, and that's when I think I was most frustrated with the game. It's also when the game felt most like Demon Souls to me. <laughs> well, um, it would because that is a 
much more difficult area than Zepho, it turns out. Yeah, and then I go back to Zepho and I'm like, okay, I don't hate this game. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, but, I don't know. That's just, that's just kind of a a general, we were, we're we're gonna have to get into spoiler territory soon, I guess. Possibly. That's sort of just a a general thing where I feel like, I feel like the, there could have been more, well, I mean, I think for me. Like, you get a big revelation about Seer and then it's just sort of like, Okay, that's a thing that's just kind of hovering there, and we just sort of. Well, again, move that, on. that that depends on how you play it. Because if you if you went from objective to objective with very little exploring, right after you get some of that revelations, the very next actual narrative thing addresses that immediately, which will be spoiler territory. Yes, but it depends on yeah. the, the, the the approach to it part of it is just it's just video game writing it's just video game yes the reason why again that the end of the game feels like everything's rushed because there's so much less to explore and also if you're like me then you're like okay i'm kind of ready to be done with this game let's just get to the end now yeah so you have those elements working towards bringing everything together faster towards the end um in the earlier spots, I would say, and part of it is that they're setting everything up too. Yeah, no, there's definitely. It's not. It's not that it's bad. It's just that there are. There's aspects of it that I just I felt like could have been more. Could have it, been more. You you go from this intense opening level, where I mean, you do your casual like tutorial everything where you learn to explore. And then you're in this, like, chase against the, the Empire and everything. And the end of it is the, this big dramatic thing. Like, it's like there's a lot of drama. There's a lot of stuff happening. A lot of hits being taken. And then all of a sudden, you slow down. And the, and the plot just sort of trickles for... It feels like it's a steady for, pace. Yeah. Um, even when there's, like, intense stuff going on, it's like... Like the main, it's like all of a sudden you're introducing B plots, like the whole Saul Guerrero stuff, and yeah. Cal being like, "Oh yeah, man!" Like the fight, blah blah blah. Like that's like a very small B plot that's barely addressed. Yeah, I guess. And then okay, so that's that's not. I don't think that's a big spoiler. So it's sort of like, um, that's not what planet is that? That's Kashyyyk. That is Kashyyyk. That's right. Because then Kashyyyk, the, it's the second time it, it opens up more. Um, Right, so, so I think that's an example of where it kind of feels TV episode, epi- like, where, okay, so we, we're looking for this, uh, this Wookiee, and uh, so we go to Kashyyyk, because where else are you going to find a Wookiee? Um, it's a great big universe. <laughs> they never left their planet unless their name is Chewbacca. Right. Anyway, so, and then it's like, okay, well, we're, we're you know, on this journey, uh, and okay, we run into Saul Guerrero and some of the the sort of the embers that would turn into the bright fire of the rebellion or something. Uh, and you well, do this, and you do this mission for Saul. Guerrero, you you work with Saul Guerrero, and you do this mission, and then it's like, well, uh, we can't, we don't know where the guy is yet, so why don't you go do something else for a while? Um, and that and that's kind of where it feels like the TV sort of thing. Okay, like. You know, you're... It's trying you're, to get you to the different planets is what it's doing. Right, you go around the different planets and you you have a little adventure on each planet. And it's not it's not bad. It's just that's... 
the delivery, again, again, some of this is expectations. So I'm giving you the expectation if you haven't played the game yet. There's this sort of, the, the mid, the mid por middle portion of the game is a lot of sort of like, yeah. I'm making a motion with my hand you can't see. <laughs> it's not like an obscene motion or something, but it's just steady, know there's a motion steady, that makes this much more clear. It's steady forward progression, but it's not like it's not like pushing. And that might be appropriate for a video game. I mean, let's be honest. In a video game, how many people want to be like rushed in an explorative world like this? Like the game doesn't really speed up until most of the exploration is done. Until most and, of it's and not that's available. True, right. With one exception, I think Dathomir was too long. That's my feeling. But I also just did not like a lot of Dathomir. But Part of it was I had to go back to get one item to 100% Dathomir, and, and the uh, path the path was so yeah, okay. obtuse and roundabout. Dathomir, I, there were points on Dathomir where I felt like. It was getting a little bit long, but I largely enjoyed Dathomir, mostly because, uh, well, I, that's a spoiler. Um, so, I, so I think in our in our pre-spoiler discussion of the game, it's it's a pretty solid Star Wars story. It's it's not anything groundbreaking. No, I mean it's not it's, a really. I mean, it's not a great story. I'm going to say that right now, but it's actually like fine enough. Like it's it's. I don't know if I want to say it's fine either because I liked, I liked Grease. Sir, I liked oh. and didn't care about. I don't. Yeah. Hmm. yeah actually, that's the funny thing. Like, well, of the first, okay, of the main three, uh, Sir, uh, Cal, and Grease, I liked Grease the best. Cal is just protagonistic protagonisty. Sir is. Yeah, there was just something she's that wasn't... Good at, she's, good, she, she's good at times, she's bad at times. Like, I don't... I, there was just something about her that just didn't feel relatable. Eh. Or not relatable. I don't know what it was. There's... I, like... I... I it felt... I, could, I can't think of the word. Like, let me... When she let me tell you my dark secret now. Kind of stuff. I, I just... Like there, it's hard to really buy into the friendship he Cal and Seer develop. And part of that's both of the characters. Part of that really is both of them. But like because you're with Cal all the time, it's just, oh of course it's BD8 who was just best droid. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah, the droid was. Great. But the, the 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 character that they add later on, I, I that's going to have to be a spoiler, but. The, the last character aboard the ship. I liked I was that surprised. character. I was surprised at how much I liked them. Yes, I know. I agree with that. I was surprised. See, that that was like a good surprise. And I guess that's, see, I think that's, that's what I'm thinking where I feel like some of these sort of status quo shattering moments, not that it was like necessarily shattering, could have happened early. Like if you had had, so the, the second trip to Dathomir has a lot of stuff happen that's not necessarily driving the main plot forward, but it also creates interesting conflict for the, the ship outside the main plot. It creates a change yeah. to the status quo on the ship. 
where if you had bumped that trip up and had that be earlier in the game, I feel like that's the sort you'd of thing that would have had more you can do, work with. Right, you have more you work with where you would have given, you would have spent more time with an interesting character, and you would have maybe felt the impact of the sort of the secret revelation of what's who's this. Well, mysterious stranger and all this other stuff. You know what this would made have felt me realize. Interesting. You know what this made me realize though is when I think about the 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 group on board, it makes me want the next game to be a party based role playing game, to completely switch genres and be a party based role playing game instead. Because I'm thinking about okay, well, what if you could do play as different characters and it's like you know what, just role playing game. Or, okay, okay. Let, let's, let's, let's go back to turn-based co- RPG combat. Come on. Or, or, okay. Give me your Final Fantasy X ripoff. Like that, would be, that would be cool. I would even be down with a, like, um, where if you could swap between members of the crew and each of them having some kind of unique ability in combat and in exploration. Yeah, there, there's stuff, like... I'm trying to think. So, of like, for example, so, so, like for example, um, Mini Ninja is the first game that comes to mind. So, like, if Cal, for example, has you know the same same basic move set, um, but is and has maybe the certain abilities with climbing and parkour that are required to to reach certain things, and then if the character who we're not talking about right now. Um, was able to was had a different combat style, and was able to use things like teleportation or whatever else that we see them use in the story, and in combat, and give you a different feel. So, like if you're struggling with this fight, maybe try. See, I, I don't know. I don't know because I'm trying. I'm trying to, I'm trying to spitball in my head too. Because I'm thinking like you, you swap between the different characters as you explore the world. Or, yeah. So one person can unlock an area for the next play. Or like like Sonic Hero style. Why you gotta bring Sonic into it? Well, every time Sonic here is, is each level. There's there's breakpoints where you have three paths. You could have gone have the a, Lost Vikings route. You have a no. speed. Oh, Lost Vikings. Oh man, but Lost Vikings is great. Don't get me wrong. But so what I think of Sonic here is, is each each level has the breakpoints where there's three paths. There's a power path that you can take with you know Knuckles or Vector the Crocodile or whoever your power character is. There's a speed path. Sonic, Shadow, etc. And then there's a flying path for Tails or whoever else. Uh, nobody cares about any of the other flying characters. Cream the Rabbit, like, seriously. But you could. Are you not looking at that timer right I'm now? I'm looking at that timer. You're I'm wasting like, time. I'm talking about Cream the Rabbit. We could be talking about, about spoilers. We're talking the about Bat- Sonic. Rouge the Batman. Uh, Rouge, Rouge the, the Batman? <laughs> That's a totally Rouge different. Rouge me, Alfred. Um, that would be Batwoman, I guess. Apply the Bat Rouge, Alfred. So Alfred. Anyway, I make sure when you do the music that you add a little saxophone no. thing when I say Rouge the Bat. Oh my God, I'm gonna have to, and it's gonna have to go right there too. <laughs> so, so anyway, that that would that would maybe be a cool idea where you where you can access to anyway. So this is this is the sequel that's nobody's asking us for our ideas on how no, to make the not. sequels. So let's talk about spoilers. All right, we're going, we're finally in spoiler so, territory for maybe 10 so, minutes. So the 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 final verdict here, uh, my final verdict is if you are a big Star Wars fan, 
if you have watched the Clone Wars series in its entirety and just love Star Wars, you should play this game. You should probably play it on easy mode, uh, story mode, or whatever they call it. Um, because the combat isn't always amazing. Um, also, if you're like a Souls-like junkie and you love like just parrying every attack perfectly and always sidestepping when you need to and dodging when you need to and never messing those two up because if you dodge this combat's so going to irritate you if you dodge you're still you're never going to miss you're going to miss the attempt to counter whereas if you sidestep you'll get the count anyway if that's you then you'll also find things to enjoy in this game even if it's maybe not as well executed as it could be if you play it 30 bucks Jedi Knight at the highest difficulty unless you really want to try it on Jedi Master because you like a hard challenge but again just know the combat encounters the enemies and the it's not going to be as well planned as Dark Souls because it is trying to be a bit too character action at the same time it doesn't know exactly what it wants to be. Yeah. And in general, if you like if you like sort of cinematic video games and ex- exploration and other things, you'll find something to enjoy in this uh, if you haven't played it yet. So, but again, thirty bucks. Don't pay full price. I, I could I could probably get on board with that. All right. Spoiler time. Spoiler time. So, back out, ye that wish not know story. English. Yeah. English. So anyway, so. I was wrong. One of my first predictions was that, well, I was kind of wrong. But my first predictions was that, that Seer was actually going to, was actually dark side. And that she was one of the, the, the list of the holocron with the names or the, of all of so the, she could use them the, for, for nefarious purposes. For, so she could use it for nefarious purposes. So I was wrong about that. I was kind of right in that she, she had abandoned, I kind of figured she wasn't using the force because it would become immediately apparent that she's that she dark was, side. She was dark side to Cal. And so Instead, that's why it's just she she used the dark side once, and then she got very so upset with herself that she cut herself off from the Force, which is evidently something these characters just do. Because Cal, the whole time, is getting back in touch with his Force. Yes, he is getting back in touch with right. He's like. Basically, trying to get back up to where 12-year-old Cal was. Which is kind of... No wonder the game is difficult when you think about it. Yeah. Like... Because <laughs> he's not even where 12-year-old Cal was. No wonder he's not, like, super f- flipping everywhere Jedi. Yeah, no. And, and aspects of that make sense from a plot perspective. From a video game perspective, it would just be more fun if you were a little bit more powerful. Yeah. But the um, it's funny because I actually just popping into my mind, completely unrelated to anything, was subterranean ruins of Zepho running into that giant robot monster for the first time. Like, as I said, this game, like the exploration, unique areas, like just... I had oh, forgot yeah. about that area. Now, poof, right there in my mind. It's like, I, I remember exactly what it was like. And solving that puzzle, like, yeah, I remember all that. Yeah, like, okay. And, and that was, actually, that was a cool thing the game did, where the first time you run in, in Zepho, you go through all these different steps, solve the puzzles, unlock a new force power that you need to finish solving the puzzle. 
And then where's the second one of those? Is that? What do you mean? The, the there's underground? A, there's an additional, but it's like. There's two on Zepho. Oh, it's, it's, it's the second one on Zepho. But then it's just like, oh, like the, uh, the Imperials got there first. And now you're just sort of running through and fighting guys in what was the puzzle with minimal puzzle elements. Yeah, it changes a little bit. But, I, I don't know, the, um... There's one right under the ship that got, like, just irritated the crap out. Oh, that's on Pagano. Did you find that one? On Pagano, there's, like, a stairway right down beneath the ship. There's a push-the-rock puzzle. That one, just, I hated that one. Yeah, I think, I yeah. But, um... And now that we're just randomly talking about stuff, it's not like the counter's almost at an hour. Yeah, um, so, okay, so... <laughs> this is my point. So the So the, I, I'm just trying to think of what we want to talk about with with spoilers. With the story and spoilers. So, well, so the story let's, let's go to the night the night sister. Okay, yeah, night sister. Okay. Not to be confused with ninth sister. Nothing to do with the night sister, who you kill. Um the that night was so sister, anticlimactic. Very anticlimactic. Um But the night sister I initially hated, which I think is a, probably a common reaction. Mm-hmm. And over time, I started to really like her and be glad that she started working with Cal, and then she joins her ship. Right. And this is the, and I'm, it's like, this is, like, basically when she joins up, that's where I want a sequel to this game. Yeah. I did not want a sequel to this game until she joined your ship. And maybe that's one of the genius things about keeping her until close to the end. Because then you're like, you want another game because you want more time with her on board. Yeah, and so if you're a if you've watched the Clone Wars, you're familiar with the Night Sisters. You have not watched the Clone Wars. Nope, this is completely So okay, so this is like this is something that um, like I've been I've been watching a, a lot of anime lately at Chris's behest. So I think Chris needs to go and watch the Clone Wars. I would, but I but Disney Plus is no longer valid. <laughs> okay. So next next time you decide to get Disney Plus, you'll have to watch the the Clone Wars series. So uh, Asaz Ventress is a major character, and she's basically uh, manipulated by Count Dooku, um, and the um, the whole the Knight Brothers and all of that show up as well. So this is this is a little bit treading. So Darth Maul was originally a Knight Brother. Is that what this is supposed yeah, to be? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they try to. Yeah. There's a lot. I forget the exact. So it's a matriarchy. The the dudes have tats all over their faces and horns, and the women don't. Yeah, they just have purple skin. And so there, and and then the the whole plot line that goes down there with in the, in the Clone Wars with the Jedi Order and all of that would have already planted a probably a you know, a large distaste for the Jedi. And then also for the Sith, from Asajj, Ventress is eventually killed um, and betrayed by Dooku. Um, so there's there's a lot of hatred to go around. So then you have... I mean, I caught, I, I caught on to that. Yeah, yes. Terran Malakos shows up, who's a Jedi, who then does this again. So you can kind of understand some of the Night Sisters motivation and kind of being a not liking Jedi yeah I guess you could say she's a bit of a witch uh, 
I no. No. Anyway, so so yeah, I, I like I like the character. I was kind of pumped when she when she pivots, and when you kind of when you get a little bit more background on her and and what actually went down on. And somehow within like the last stretches of the game, you start to see a potential romantic chemistry between her and Gal. Or was that just me? No, that was that was that was there. That was definitely there. That was there. Yeah, I just okay. well, again, that's I, mean, I can see where you said where you're saying why you ended it later. But at the same time, I think it would have been it would have broken up the game a little bit more to have her show up sooner. But at the same time, if all she did was because like Seer and Grease have reasons for staying on the ship. Like Seer, Seer, Seer at this point does not have her force. She's not. And she's committed abilities. to this mission. Of... Grease is just a pilot. He's not really a warrior. But then you get the night, night sister on board, and I would expect her to be like doing combat as well. I do not expect her to sit on the ship and wait for Cal to do everything. Yeah, that's true. So that's where, again, like it's talking about like what are we going to do with the next game? And in my mind, it's like, well, now that Seer's using Force powers again, now that we've got a Night Sister, like, leave Grease on board. Everyone else is now like, this is your adventuring party until you <laughs> start adding new characters. Let's go full-on JRPG with this. Come on. Ooh. Or actually, actually, you know what else? Another another game that could work as a comparison is uh, is East Eight, which I'm finally getting close to the end of. Uh, <laughs> where the way the combat works is the each enemy type has weaknesses against a against one of your attack types. Each of your character has a different attack type. You have a party of three that you switch through fluidly in order to use the attack type best suited to the enemy type you're facing. But that's also anime as crap, which allows you to, to just stylishly swap characters in a way that you cannot get away with with a realistic graphics looking Star Wars. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Anyway, so just scrap, concede that. scrap that idea. Um, um, <laughs> okay, so, so, okay so, so generally speaking, the story, like I said, there's sort of a trickle. So... So Cal is hiding on this junk planet uh, with his bro. Um, bro gets murdered. Bro gets murdered. Cal goes. We were introduced to the second and ninth. Now, what are they just called? Like, what is their actual call? Because they're like second sister, the ninth sister. So the second sister is. Are they just sisters or like what are they? They sisters. They're inquisitors. Inquisitors. There you go. Okay. Yeah, they're the, they're inquisitors. So right, and so the second sister is Trilla. Who we later learn was Sears Apprentice. Yes. Oh, you know what? Okay, so I'm going to fast forward. Just way fast forward. So, what I started to see in this game was a sort of potential theme carrying through regarding, uh, I guess, choices. Hmm. Or maybe even like the like past mistakes. Choices and past mistakes and learning from them kind of a deal. And... But what you see is Seer is complete, feels completely guilty about her past mistakes and takes like all the blame for it. Trilla is the exact opposite. She d disregards her past mistakes and instead puts the blame all on someone else. Hmm. Cal is working his way through it. 
And this is what bonds him with the Night Sister girls. They're both like, we make mistakes, we screw up. The best we can do is try and learn from it and move on. Um, hmm. And she, of course, makes the best, gives him the best bit of advice, which is, are you sure you ought to find this holocron? Like, are you sure you ought to bring back the old Jedi Order if this is what happened? Like, are you sure this is a good idea? And it turns out that the end answer is it's not. Cal has that vision that everything's going to go belly up. Um, all the kids are going to turn, get captured right. or killed, and he's going to become an Inquisitor in order to spare whatever he can. So basically he sees what fate lies before him, and it'll just be a re repeating of the cycle. So, and, oh, and again, choices. Who's making the choices for these four sensitive children to become Jedi? She asked that question, and it's like, right. do we just, like... Are they automatically going to be made of the Jedi because they're Force-sensitive? Or do we allow them to, like, come to us? Like, do they come yeah. to that on their own? Yeah, and that's um, and that's kind of, like, sort of drops that low-key criticism of the prequel Jedi Order. Yes. Of, like, yeah, we just sort of find their Jedi, their Force-sensitive children, and tear them from their families and train them as Jedi. But they're babbies. And they're, and we, you know, completely... We make them completely devoid of any attachment to their parents or family or anything else because that's for the greater good. Yeah, for the greater good. The hot fuzz right there. <laughs> <laughs> the greater good. Shut up! Right. And uh, so, anyways. Um, and I think that's that's part of why the but, ending feels anticlimactic. See, out. Mm, interesting that you say that. Because my preferred ending of this game would have been for Trilla, like for, for, for Trilla and Seer, their final confrontation to be for Seer to basically say, I'm done taking responsibility for your choices. Hmm. Trilla's angry, and now all the stuff that happens at the end when you're trying to run away is Trilla's like just letting go of her rage. Just letting her rage go. She's the final obstacle you're running from. And in the end, she is her own doom. That, I think, would have been a greater turn for her Chilla's character. Instead, of just instead, she gets stabbed by Darth Vader. Yeah, instead, you, you gotta you gotta give the fanboys their thing. It's like, this was almost... because uh, Okay, I'll concede. Okay, fine, we're gonna have a, ga a game with lightsabers. Because again, it was one of the greatest things about Mandalorian. No lightsabers. No Jedi. There's one Force-sensitive character, but it's barely used or addressed the entire series. And nobody seems to know what to do with it. Yes. nobody. Most people don't even know what it is. So, now we have a setting where, okay, we're a Jedi, but we're at least doing something a little different. We're going to ask whether it's a good thing to just train more Jedi. We're going to have a variety of characters. We're also going to deal with uh, bounty hunters and what it's like to be bounty hunted and to have a character that's really in debt. Um, you're <laughs> going to explore some different stuff. But no, we got to have Darth Vader. You got to have him. Just like in Rogue One, you had to have him. And it's amazing because you see all this display. Like That was actually the, another thing that occurred to me. Cal's Jedi actions in this are far more consistent with the original trilogy than anything in the prequels and therefore anything hmm. that's come out by fanboys that are like, Jedi are the craziest! 
And then you have like Rogue One and this, and it's like, man, why the heck didn't, is, is Darth Vader the cybernetic, like enhanced death machine just getting old that he can't handle Obi-Wan that way? Even though Rogue One is like, what, like days before A New Hope? <laughs> so theoretically, if he's able to like slaughter these guys as easily, like then you go back and you watch A New Hope and like him and Obi-Wan fighting is the most awkward thing. It, 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 it's like from A New Hope to Return of the Jedi most of The Force Unleashed feels pretty like yeah that's about right where that power level was and then Darth Vader shows up and he's just super powerful and it's like but that and that's also the thing too is like for these characters there is no emotional attachment to Darth Vader right he does not serve the themes at all he does not serve any of this character is just... He's just there to oh, remind no. you that you're playing a Star Wars game, basically. Yes, and for all the fans to be like, oh, and for the developers to watch their TV's commercial and see that the marketing team spoiled Darth Vader's inclusion and be like, no, why did you why, do that? Why did you do that? So, that's my take on the game's ending. Yeah, I, um, guess, I guess that's... It just felt... I think that I really think that the inclusion of Darth Vader sort of ruined the ending because you have so you have this okay so you have the the sort of the the culmination of the plot is the holocron is recovered and that we it's we do not we is it destroyed I forget no Cal does uh, destroy it I believe right so eventually basically yeah so at the end Cal destroys it so that no one can use it to locate all of these Force-sensitive children yeah. and turn them into Inquisitors or Jedi or anything else. Um, and But it's sort of like wrapped up in this encounter with Darth Vader that doesn't feel right or earned or... It, it takes away... I'm surprised this is your response. I was expecting to be, like, having a debate about this. No, I am... I'm not the the Darth Vader fan, but I loved the Darth Vader in Rogue One. Um, well, see, I feel like also... I feel like Darth, he doesn't do anything particularly impressive in, in Rogue One. He... Yeah, he, he, he sort of, shoves his lightsaber through the door. Yeah, he... What it is, it's all about it's all about fear, and like, uh, yeah, it's it's all about the the appearance of it. He's he's built up this appear this reputation, kind of thing. Where in in um, Fallen Order, you like I nothing about Luke or Obi Wan's encounters with Darth Vader would make me think that multiple Jedi would not be able to defeat him in single combat. That's not his strength. Darth Vader's strength is not he is so strong he is going to destroy you in combat one-on-one. -on -one. Well, this is a whole different topic. Anyway, anyway this is a whole different topic. Anyway, so just, I didn't feel right to me as it was presented in the game. See, canonical reasons or not, because I mean, I say that, but for me, it really does just come down to, was Darth Vader necessary for this game? No. Did he improve the story in no. it? 
Now, there are going to be people, and I've already discussed with people, that do believe his inclusion was an improvement for them. But it's like, it's kind of like, and people do hate the constant rep referencing, and I think part of it's because there's a lot of reverence given to the Red Letter Media guys. But my old, like, the best way I could summarize that was the Red Letter Media guys going, I know what that is! <laughs> like, that's the excitement. Like, Darth Vader shows up and it's like, I know what that is! Yay! It's my childhood again! And it's like, I mean, I, I can't, I cannot get on the wavelength where seeing Darth Vader feels like an improvement and feels like it helps the story as opposed to letting these characters tell their own stinking story. It's in this universe. It doesn't have to have all and these the, characters. Like, and they didn't even really, as the story goes, you know, we didn't go to Tatooine. We didn't go to Dagobah. We didn't go to Han. We did go to Kashyyyk, but like, yeah. But Kashyyyk was like in the prequels for five minutes. It's not like, you know, it's not like, like, so, okay, uh, Tatooine, you're on Tatooine in, you know, um, going in story chronological order. In Phantom Menace, you're on Tatooine in Attack of the Clones. You're in Tatooine on a, in A New Hope. You're in Tatooine in, Return in of the Jedi. Revenge of the Sith. You're in Tatooine in A New Hope. You're in Tatooine in Return of the Jedi. Like, can we just, like, like... Uh, and you know, like they sort of. And he, there is in a galaxy far, far away. There are five planets. Yes, exactly so, five planets, and one so of them got blown up. Yeah, initially, I, uh, I, I liked, I like. There was something that was a positive of the game was it didn't seem so heavily like they threw you the sort of bone that the the planet that housed the, um, the Kyber crystal mine and this whole thing was eventually going to be turned into Starkiller Base. But it was subtle, and it was small, and it's not a planet we've spent a lot of time with. And so I felt like, to a large degree, and we it were had exploring... Story there. Actually, right. that's, that's another thing, too, because it had story, like, where you found... You found echoes, force echoes, of, like, a child that was very... It did not have the best attitude and got lost on an expedition. Uh, yeah. Now. yeah, that was that was cool. It had the story to Yeah, it was cool. A kid died. But <laughs> okay, I mean it was from a No, but it's it helps develop this okay, this is and and, and it perhaps also goes into do we really need to bring children into this? Do we need to force them into this right. life where so it's like even then it's like we're developing a story like it feels like it does. Oh, which which Star Wars movie did it? What was I comparing it to? Because it feels the Last Jedi. It feels like it does like a lot of what the Last Jedi was doing when it comes to questioning like fandom and uh, the the assumptions and stuff. It asks some of those questions, but without the social media, um, gotcha, nudge yeah, nudge, yeah. wink wink. It's asking a bunch of the same questions as the Last Jedi, but it's doing it in a manner that's more reverent to the material, but not, like, worshipping the material. Yeah. No, I, I can totally see that. I guess that's why, in the end, it's disappointing that... Because, again... Your you, you, final... 
your final, your, the climax of the story ends up being Darth Vader chasing you down. And he's the one that wipes out the, the, the woman you've been... Because it just feels like serious... Seer? Serious? Seer, whatever. Serious standing up to her former Padawan and her Padawan getting like so angry at like to me in my mind that's like that closes those characters arcs off like that would have closed their arcs off so well it would have been their story coming to a conclusion and like and I think that's that's part of the funny thing too because for the end of this story it feels like Cal's just there Mm. he's an observer but he's and that's part of it too like Trilla was trying Trilla right Trilla, yeah. she was trying to like turn him against Siri or like mess with his mind get him like to to stop trusting her so much but instead he does trust her and like but at the same time like in that ending scene it feels like maybe at best he's there to keep her from going dark side again but like it just seems better like for her mo- moment to be no, I'm not going to keep taking the blame. I'm mm. moving forward. And for her to move forward, because think about real life relationships, man. Like, have you ever mm. been in a, like, have you ever known two people that feuded so bad for a while that one person just like, you know what? No, I'm done. I'm gone. And the other person's so angry about that. You're not, but I'm trying to figure out, do you actually know, like, have yes. you known that? Like, yes. Because I've seen stuff like that. Yeah. And it's like, that would have been a perfect way to wrap this up. And anyways, I've, I've spoken too long about it. It's, it. It is one of those things that left a sour taste in my mouth, narratively speaking. Like, the narrative I was mostly on board with, um, again, it was never, like, too great for me. But towards the end, I was like, man, this is getting better and better and better. But, oh, Darth Vader. Yeah, see, I, I know what that is. But it's... Yeah, I mean, they could have been worse. No, it could it could have been worse. It could have been Force Awakens. Oh, oh! Did you just see we lost subscribers? <laughs> Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe instant. Oh no, no, not 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 to get into that. I think, uh, yeah, yeah. But I will say between this and the Mandalorian again, like these two things single handedly saved Star Wars for me. Like it, it, it's, I, it's okay. What? That 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 feels like a loaded term. It. It it redeemed in your mind the idea that there are stories that can be told and to, not told in this universe yeah. that are good stories and that don't have to be everyone is related. Skywalker. Yeah. Skywalker. 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 Also, just as a side note, like why on earth would like Ben Solo take the last name Solo instead of Skywalker? When, like, Solo was literally, like, a made-up last name that Han Solo got. Like, when he was signing up to be an Imperial pilot. And, like, Skywalker's, like, Skywalker. Wait, is this, was that the backstory given in the new movie? Because I heard it was... Oh, in Solo. In the Solo movie. But he was, he signed up to be an Imperial pilot? Yes. So Han Solo is attempting to escape the authorities... Signs up to he goes to the Imperial recruiting station and he doesn't have a last name, he's just Han and he's by himself. And the guy, see, that logic is stupid, yeah, right? He's by himself, so he's solo, he's Han Solo. So that's stupid, 
But <laughs> the idea that he just gives a fake name, that is fitting. Yeah. So anyway, but so then that becomes his name, right? But then like you marry like Leia Organa Skywalker. Do you maybe I like, now pronounce you Han Duo <laughs> and Leia Duo. But like no, but for real. And like, then, then then little Ben is born, and it's like oh crap, I'm gonna have to change all our names. Trio, again. exactly. It's like Han Trio. Yeah. But no, but but seriously, like anyway, they should have named her son Doug. Have you, I'm, I'm guessing if you haven't seen the movie, but you've seen the memes. You missed my Pokemon reference. I, I did. Um, I'm Ray. Ray who? <laughs> Ray. Oh, you haven't seen. Oh uh, no, 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 no! I know at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, on that note. Uh yeah, I mean this is almost like an hour. Yeah, we this recorded is, for long going enough. For way too long. Yeah, so we hope you enjoyed this, and maybe we'll do Witcher next time. Maybe I'm, we'll do anime. We'll Ray. find out. Ray who? Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> <laughs> ah! <laughs> Good night. <laughs>